It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Oh, yeah. Deal. Gets open for three. Dagger! Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, your one-stop shop for Wizards news, analysis, expert interviews, funny stories about Nick Young, and much more. So we're here for you five days a week, uh, jabbering away every Monday through Friday. You can find us on your phone, your laptop, your iPad, Sony Walkman. I'm not sure how else you all listen to podcasts these days. Um, And finally, you should subscribe to Locked On Wizards on iTunes or Stitcher, and you can check us out on Twitter at LockedOnWizards, LockedOnWizards.com, or Megaphone. So anyway, uh, this mystery man behind the scenes is Noah Getzel. I'm hosting your podcast tonight and just about every night. Uh, I've been a Wizards Extra beat reporter for two years, been covering the team for four years, and the guy who's there a ton with me um, from Bullets Forever, we welcome in our guest for the show, Michael Sykes. How you doing tonight, Michael? Hey, Noah. Thanks for having me, man. I'm good. Cool. You got any funny stories to share about the Wizards? I know I mentioned that randomly as part of the title for this podcast. <laughs> I don't, um, <laughs> it will come to you at the end of the podcast, I'm sure. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I'm sure I have some. Because um, I, I think, you know what, the, the funniest stories that I know about from the Wizards aren't from me covering them, but just from me um, reading about the team yeah. and uh, following the team for so long. Because, like, you can find so many uh hilarious nuggets from those Andre Blatch, Nick Young, and uh, DeVille McGee years. Like, those are some of my favorite moments, so. Wasn't there one story that, like, 
Gilbert Arenas came in with a hose in the locker room, and I think it was Andre Blatch or something, and Blatch was taking a dump, and he just starts, like, pouring cold water, like, shooting a hose yeah. of cold water out of him. Yeah, and Gilbert, I w- Gilbert was awful. <laughs> I should have asked some of the current players. I feel like John Wall's the only one who was his teammate back then, but I, I don't know yeah. how good of a teammate he could have been hearing some of these yeah. stories. Anyway, we're we're kind of bantering because it's a bit of a slow uh, day in Wizards news. There's just one game this week against the Knicks before All-Star break. But um, some of the topics that, that we're going to talk about um, are Ty Lawson being the latest rumored player poten- to potentially be joining the Wizards. Uh, he, um, what else we got? We're going to talk about just the Wizards roster in general. They're down to like 11 healthy players and how... Things have kind of gone haywire in terms of their two-way contracts and cutting different players and just, you know, they're in this position now where they have to sign somebody because their roster is looking really bare. And then finally, we're going to talk about what kind of move would be best with their five-time all-star John Wall and what he would appreciate. I know they just got rid of a guy that they like, that Wall likes a lot, Sheldon Mack. I know they had a close bond, um, always working out together in Miami. So we'll just talk about, of all these moves that the Wizards are considering, what would make him happy. Um, so uh, we've been doing a lot of talking beforehand, so we're going to do a real quick word from our sponsor and jump right into it. And we'll let Michael talk a lot more. I know I've kind of been silencing him and giving him the cold treatment to start. So we'll be right back on the Locked On Wizards podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're back, Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. Mike Sykes from Bullets Forever is here to join us. And we've got about 10 healthy players on the Wizards roster. So the question now becomes, who are they going to add? Um, there has been a lot of talk about adding a point guard. Um, Ty Lawson, Derek Rose, Briante Weber, Ramon Sessions, and possibly even Donald Sloan have all been mentioned um, by Adrian Wojcikowski and, and some other prominent sources what's your take do you like any of these candidates and most importantly have you seen briante weber's hair it's crazy man <laughs> yeah briante I, I actually like it i like um i like briante's hair it's 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 distinct right um but but no i i think um you know out of all the candidates uh i none of them are necessarily good like you're not going to find a good um, free agent at this point in the season, right? But the Wizards are in a, a situation where they have to pick up um, someone because because their point guard position is so thin with uh, John Wall and um, Tim Frazier probably being out for a while. It looks like uh, Thomas Sadaransky is going to play on um, on Thursday. He or on Wednesday he practiced today. So he passed um, all the concussion protocol and yeah, all that. Yeah, so he, he's through the he's That's through good. the concussion protocol. And everything according to uh, to him at shoot around. So um, we'll we'll see 
um, on that. But um, you know, they still need they still need a, a backup to the backup, right? Because they their starters down. Right. So um, you know, it, it makes sense for them to uh, to sign another guy. But, but like I said, none of the guys are necessarily good. I would I would be interested in seeing them sign um, Briante Weber just just because that's a that's a young body. Um, and a guy who's who's known for um, for playing defense at, mm-hmm. at VCU. So I think um, you know a player like that would be would be good. He doesn't have to necessarily handle the ball for them. Um, I think he's twenty five, so he's not necessarily a young, super young player. But um, he's also not Derrick Rose or, or Ty Lawson. Yeah, or, he's <laughs> he's going to be able to play more than nine minutes at a time or something right. like that. Exactly. Not that we would need him for that long, but all right, I'm going to name a couple of the, the players who've been mentioned and just tell me like your biggest reservation or beef with, with some of these guys. So we'll start off with the local guy from Clinton, Maryland, Ty Lawson, who, as I mentioned, is coming from a Chinese basketball association, the Shandong Gold Stars. He just dropped like 55 points against lesser competition. Um, last time he played was last season. Uh, with who was it he shared a couple different teams yeah he was with the kings all of last season he was decent 10 points a game i think four four assists and the year before that he moved around from the raptors to the rockets uh he played 53 games on the rockets and then um a few games on the pacers at the end of the year so those two years or sorry that season with all the teams different teams he really didn't do too much he averaged what was it were his points per game he he did not do much he had a uh, 4.9 points a game or like five and four points with a different team so and he's had a lot of alcohol related issues in the past with um duis and things like that so we've mentioned a lot of things that kind of might be going against him but i, I feel like i stole your thunder mike what why do you not like ty ty lawson yeah i, I think um you know my, my biggest reservation with him is is his size. Honestly, I, I think Lawson is a good enough point guard offensively to um to have a roster spot somewhere because there are some terrible backup point guards in the league. Mm-hmm. I know, but um, I mean, he's the dude's like five ten, right? Like he's five ten, five eleven. And he used to be quick, but now he's thirty. Yeah, he's thirty now. He's older. Um, when when he gets to the rim, he, he isn't finishing as well. Um. He lost a step, like I said, and and I, I just I don't know. Like I wouldn't be mad at this because I think he's probably better than Derrick Rose, but um, you know it it, it it's not a, it wouldn't be a, a great move for them. I, I guess relatively speaking, in the situation that they're in, it would probably be fine. But I don't. He's not in their long term plans at all. I don't. I wouldn't think. Yeah, and I saw one report from uh, David Aldridge uh, from TNT NBA.com who who was saying the Wizards might plan to get a 10-day contract like for this last game against the Bulls. Sorry, not the Bulls, the, the Knicks. And then kind of figure out their plans of who they're, which free agent they're actually going to sign for the rest of the year after the All-Star break. I'm not sure if that's still happening, but that seems like... I guess there are pros and cons of it because you might lose out on someone who you actually want if they get swept up in, in the free agency uh, buyouts before that. But also, like... If you're thinking about signing someone, like it's it's good to you know give them a couple games, and of course, like you need to learn the playbook and all that. But you can at least see if it's going to be a total disaster early. So you know, would you be open to signing a ten day guy and maybe not even having it be the same person who you signed for the rest of the season? 
Yeah, most definitely. I think, um, I, I mean, there are a lot of talented players in the in the NBA G League, right? Like, that's that's a given. Like, there's, there are dudes down there like um, Quinn Cook, who, who literally just balled out yesterday, and he's only 24. And, um, you know, I, I, think, um, I think he's actually signed with the Warriors, but I, I also think the Wizards, um, I think they can get their hands on him. I'm not 100% sure on that, but if they, but, but I'm saying like a player like that, um, if they could find someone like that in the G League, that would be a, a great option for them, a cheap option for them, and not necessarily one that they have to commit um, directly to. It, it's also worth noting that they do have a, um, a, uh, a two-way contract still open up like Devin Robinson has one of them but they have a, another one that's free so they could mm-hmm. easily use that on a um on a G League player a point guard if, if they want it or just a, a ball handling player um yeah. to have him come back and forth between Washington like we've seen a ton of teams do that this season like um the Clippers uh and the uh and the Bucks with Gary Payton the uh the second like it's not it's not rocket science I think um you know that that would actually be a really uh, prudent and, and smart move by them if they chose to do that. Okay, so you think one of the young guns, maybe instead of one of these veterans. And I know uh, Lawson, the, the tweet from Adrian uh, Wojnarowski uh, today said that the Wizards are seriously considering him. So I don't I don't know what you, <laughs> what that word means exactly, but it seems like it. You know, it, they might be bringing him over from China and just saying that there's a high chance. Of it, so we talked about Lawson. Um, how about Derek Rose? Does this guy want to play basketball anymore? Is he athletic at all? Or is he made of glass? Yeah, I mean Derek Rose. Yeah, I, I just I don't really see any upside from um, from signing him. Obviously, it's a it's a short term fix with um, you know what they have on their roster. But I mean, even in the the short stint he had in Cleveland this season, he shot twenty five percent or something like that from oh, three. Wow. And, uh, and didn't average more than ten points a game, and it's he's just not really adding anything at this point. Like, sure, he's still got his um his mid range jumper uh, that's still working, and he can still get to the rim at times, even though he's not finishing. But um, and I, I mean, I don't even think he's as, as unathletic as as um as we make it make it seem to be. Like, no, he's not MVP Derrick Rose, but he's still, he's still a pretty good athlete. But it's yeah. just that. He has to kind of use that athleticism differently, and um, you know, get get his teammates involved. But like he he's really a, a black hole when he touches the ball and he can't defend, and it's just not he's just not fun to watch anymore. So and and that's not even we haven't even considered the um the off the court stuff, right? Like how committed is he to basketball at this point, right? Like that's definitely a thing. So I don't I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't I would hope that they don't. Uh, knock on Derrick Rose's door. I honestly think that um, Rose probably shouldn't be in the league at this point. Not not even just because he's not good enough to be there, but just for his own um, you know personal life and, and health. But um, we'll we'll see, I guess. Yeah, and actually, I just saw on um, Sports Illustrated that no team claimed him off waivers. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean the Wizards aren't making a move. Um, he was cooking the Wizards earlier when the first matchup they played. <laughs> Uh, he, he, he had a big first half. I don't know what happened the rest of the game, but the Cavs won that one. So, you know, he, he played some role. But Derrick Rose is off the table. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen if he'll ever play basketball uh, professionally again. But 
Uh, the next guy on the list, how about Ramon Sessions? What do you think of him? He was the backup, not last year, but two years ago, and he was pretty successful. He averaged 10 points. Yeah, Sessions, I think out of the three that we just talked about, Sessions is probably the um, the one that I would be most satisfied with, I guess, if, if that's the right word, even though like all, all of these players aren't really good anymore. Um, Sessions has been kind of a train wreck since he left mm-hmm. Washington, to be honest with you. I think, let me pull him up. Okay, so he shot 47% from the field when he was in Washington. Um Last season in Charlotte, he shot 38%. This season in New York, he shot 32% in 13 games. So, like, he's not, he's, yeah, I I just, he's not doing it for me either. Like, Sessions has always been a um, a sketchy shooter and a guy who who you didn't really have to pay attention to on the perimeter. And, and he's lost his step definitely since his last time in Washington. Um, isn't as great at uh, creating shots for others now as he was Um and it's, it's just, I mean, he's a solid player, I guess. And if you have to sign someone, I would much rather it be him than Derrick Rose or Ty Lawson. But I don't just, know what's happened, just, man. I don't know what's happened since the Wizards days. <laughs> he's played yeah. 13 games for the Knicks. Like, what has he been doing the rest of the season? I wonder, just DNPs. But he's shooting 18% from three-point land. That's just atrocious. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's he's not really helping. He's not really helping anything. Somehow he's only thirty one years old though. I thought he was like ancient at this time. Yeah, Drafted he's, in he's 07. been in the league for what, ten years now, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um so you said out of the, the options that have been considered, uh Mr. Wild Hairdo with the, the <laughs> he's kinda of got the Alfred Payton looking a little bit. It's not hanging quite over his head quite as much, but uh, Briante Weber, just one B in Weber. He's your favorite pick, or Sessions is. Yeah, I would say I would say Weber at okay. this point, just because just because he's a known um, defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, his he doesn't shoot a lot of threes, but we've seen him shoot them before. And and I just think um, you know taking a, a chance on a dude like this who is um, 25 years old, still a, a pretty raw talent, and um, you know can can play kind of a. a Kind of a Patrick Beverly role, I guess, right. for, um, for the Wizards. Like, I would, I would like to see that on their team. That's something that they haven't had um, over the years. So, cool. Well, thanks for the analysis on the potential players that the Wizards might be picking up. Um, we're gonna talk in just a moment about one of the players they cut, who was a defensive-minded uh, guard early in the season and let him slip away. That's Carrick Felix. So, we'll be right back on the Locked On Wizards podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to Locked On Wizards. I'm your host, Noah Getzel. And I forgot to ask you, Mike, how do we find you on Twitter? This is Michael Sykes from Bullets Forever, who we have as a guest today. You can find me on Twitter at Mike D. Sykes, and Sykes is spelled Mm S-Y-K-E-S. And then the Bullets Forever handle? Yeah, Bullets Forever, at Bullets Forever, um... Okay. I don't think I need to spell that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we got that one. Cool. So we just talked about uh, some of the 
point guards who are still out there on waivers for the Wizards because they are really undermanned right now. Um, they lost two players. Uh, luckily, one of the injuries isn't serious, but against the Bulls, Bobby Portis was a man on a mission, a one-man wrecking ball, and he first uh, broke the nose of Tim Frazier, who just had surgery yesterday, I believe. Um, yeah, the game was the game was Saturday, so his surgery was yesterday. Um, no word yet, right, on how long Tim Frazier is going to be out? Not yet. Okay. And then late in the game, after Tomas Sadoransky's career night, 25 points, he had a, a kind of... He was thrown out of the game for a flagrant two, but... It, Kind of like Sadoransky jumped up for a dunk. He went up for the ball, but kind of like pulled him down, and he was defenseless falling. So Sadoransky bangs the side of his head. He was bleeding from like a cut around his eye area, and he was ruled out for the rest of the game. Uh, probably a little bit woozy after a hit like that. Uh, you just mentioned that Sadoransky practiced today, so he seems to be all set in terms of coming back and playing on Wednesday against the Knicks. Uh, but just, you know. With John Wall's injury, with the thin roster already in terms of, you know, one backup shooting guard who doesn't really play too much, only one backup small forward with Devin Robinson playing in the G League. What's going on with the Wizards' depth, and uh, do you do you think that it was intentional that they only had, that they kind of, you know, didn't foresee the situation, one or two guys get injured, they basically are really treading on thin ice? Uh, I mean, I, I guess we can say that they're trading on thin ice, right? But, like, you don't ever expect... One, especially after last season, they were extremely healthy last season, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you would hope that that continues into this year. And two, like, I don't, I don't think you ever foresee, um, you know, two two point guards going down in, yeah. uh, in the same game. Like, that's, that's kind of nuts. So, I can't really... Um, I can't necessarily put that on them. I do think that... Um, you know, they have kind of put themselves in a peculiar situation um, with this roster overall because it's a lot of um, redundant talent, especially at the, uh, the center position. is mm-hmm. taking up three uh, roster spots, and uh, Jason Jason Smith doesn't even really play that much. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, so I, I would say that they, they've definitely pigeonholed themselves a bit. Hopefully they can work themselves out of it, though. Is there any player who the Wizards got rid of who maybe you would have liked to see get some more run? So, like, some of the guys who were on the roster opening night, um, like, Chris McCullough doesn't play at all, pretty much. He's been on the roster for the past two years, uh, ever since that that trade with um, Andrew Nicholson. And then Devin Ross- Robinson obviously hasn't played at all. Um, who else was cut? Mike Young got cut. Carrick Felix was... Uh, Six foot six shooting guard um, from Arizona State who rehabbed through a bunch of injuries, but he never really got a chance. He was cut like right in the first week of the season. Is are there any of those players, guys, who you want to see play more? Um, I or would at all? <laughs> love to see uh, Chris McCullough uh, play a little bit more. I don't. I'm not sure if he's very good or not. Like I have no clue. But honestly, it, they picked up his option last season and. Uh, he's still with the team, so I would like to see him play more. Like they, it makes me think that, you know, they picked up that option for a reason, and so they they see that there's a, some talent there somewhere, and and they're still trying to tap into it. So I'd like to see, um, you know, what what he can do if he could do anything at all. Um, I would have loved to see Carrick Felix stick around. I, I understand why he got cut, which is, um, you know, really uh, again uh, um, 
kind of a uh, a reverberation of what happened with their roster and all these guaranteed contracts that they mm-hmm. have that I got the guys who aren't very good. But um, you know, they, they couldn't afford to keep uh Felix and um and Sheldon Mack and Sheldon Mack got hurt and once he got hurt his contract was going to be guaranteed if, if they cut him. So they wanted to hold him to trade him and uh and they did that but Carrick Felix was a casualty of that. And and so I mean, they like you said, they lost a, a defensive minded guard who who probably um, would have been would have been a really really uh, good guard to have right now, especially with um, with how thin they are in in their uh, backcourt right yeah. now. So I would have loved I would love to have seen him stick around. That makes sense, especially with the defense that the Wizards have played a lot of the games this year. It would be get, nice to have that sort of tenacity and give him right. a shot. Um, and then, what's the deal with Markeith Morris? I know he had he mispracticed today. He still got the flu or some sort of illness. Do you know how close he is to being right? And he had a, a bad swollen hand after the, the Celtics game as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I don't think the hand is necessarily the problem with him. I, I haven't heard anything about the hand, but I. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like this flu is really bad. And there's, there's just a really bad bug going around the country right now, which is right. super scary. Um. But uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully he gets back soon. Um, but but he's still he's still out with the flu though for now. That makes sense. So Chris McCullough and the already cut Carrick Felix are two guys who you would have wanted to see get some more run with the Wizards. Uh, finally, our last segment is going to be talking about which player John Wall would like to see added, or kind of just what kind of tweaks could be done this next month or so while he's still on the pine recovering um from his knee injury that could just make him a little bit happier you know there's been a lot of trash talk about the wizards being better without him so we're gonna dive a little bit deeper into what could make you know the the cornerstone of the roster and the franchise uh feel a little better before he gets back healthy with the wizards stay tuned stay locked in with the locked on wizards podcast we'll be right back The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. Once again, I'm Noah Getzel, and I'm joined by Mike Sykes from Bullets Forever today. Uh, I've been noticing that a lot of these Locked On Wizards podcasts have been running kind of long, so we're going to try and uh, <laughs> finish this one up a little bit quicker, uh, get in and out like the fast food chain. Um, <laughs> so let's go animal style on this last segment about what would make John Wall happy. Uh, John Wall is obviously injured through at least mid-March. He had a a small knee procedure and has been on crutches. He's probably going to stay on crutches for close to another week. Uh, There's been a lot of internal turmoil with the team in terms of people saying everybody eats and the ball moves better when John Wall is not on the court, which is surprising for someone who is one of the NBA's perennial assist leaders or up there in the top three. How do you think John Wall feels you know, day-to-day in terms of his recovery, his relationship with his teammates, and what could help lighten the mood for this, the Wall Star? Uh, I, 
I mean, obviously there's some frustration there, right, with uh, the press run he had last week where he's addressing um, Gortat's uh, uh, great team victory tweet and um, addressing Bradley Beal quoting uh, Paid and Fool. Shout out to Paid and Fool. It's actually a great movie. I have I not seen it. Well. I got to check yeah, that out. Definitely, definitely check it out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously there was some, some frustration there. I'm not sure if it's, um, you know, if it was – necessary if it was warranted but like he, he obviously feels the type of way so um that's the thing and, and this this team has had um chemistry problems for for a while now i think between wall and bill not so much but between wall and gortat it's something that has been um brewing for quite some time i think um you know fo- just following the team and you've been in the locker room mm-hmm. also know so i'm sure you've seen this but um Normally, when whenever there are defensive lapses, Wall will talk about um, the rim protection needing to be better, and um, and not necessarily uh, putting putting things on himself in the perimeter. And, and Gortat would normally be irritated by that, right? And, I, and so I think um, that's been something that's happened been happening for years, and it's been something that um, that has kind of put put a, uh, a strain on their relationship, I guess. I don't know if it's necessarily bad enough for them to, to not want to work together anymore because they, right. they work really well together. But, um, but yeah, so, I, I mean, I think um, as far as him being happy goes, it, it at this point there, there aren't many acquisitions they can make. I think, um, you know, anytime you get extra shooters around Wall, um, that's a good thing, and that's something that he's happy with. Um, but he, he he honestly needs to get back healthy before uh, before anything like that is is considered, especially with with how thin they are at the point guard position right now. I think um, that's getting a, a good backup in there um, right now would, would would be the best thing for the team. And I guess the best thing for the team is the thing that should make John Wall happy. I guess mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Well, do you think he's upset at all that the Wizards didn't pursue a rim protector? And I can't actually think of anyone who was on the trading block except for DeAndre Jordan, who ended up saying that. Do you think, you know, he never said anything publicly, but do you think, like, given the years he spent with Gortat, and I don't know if he likes Mahimni any better. Mahimni gets a few blocks, but Mahimni's kind of been shaky too. Do you think he's upset that the Wizards didn't make a move for some, some more star power, even though they don't really have the contract luxuries of, of getting someone like that? Yeah, I don't I don't think he's necessarily upset because they they, they tried. Like I obviously haven't spoken to John Wall about mm-hmm. this, so um, you know, I don't have any uh particular insights there. But like I don't think he can be upset because the team I mean the team definitely tried to get uh DeAndre Jordan. That's definitely a thing that um that happened. Demarcus Cousins um wasn't going to be on the trading block, but if he was, he also tore his Achilles. So you know, getting him was pretty much pointless uh, for this season. So I, I think, um, and, and plus the, the Wizards were, they were always going to be in a in a really difficult situation um, in terms of trades because they don't really have any assets that teams want that aren't important to their rotation now. Right. Like their most their most coveted pieces would be Kelly Oubre and um, and Thomas Sadaransky, and neither neither of those guys can can be traded at this point because they're so crucial to this rotation. So, again, we circle back to the uh, to you know the acquisitions that they made in the uh, the summer of 2016 when they missed out on um, Kevin Durant, like this Mahimi signing, the Jason Smith signing, even even going back to this past summer with uh, Jody Meeks and. Um, 
and guys like that, Tim Frazier, like those acquisitions aren't really producing and it's not helping the team. Like you see that they're building well from the inside, but the talent that they're pulling from outside isn't it's not necessarily working. So mm-hmm. if he's if he's frustrated with anything, it should be that. Yeah. That's that's very true. But do you think there's any chance, like I don't on a scale of one to ten, like how concerned, like how ha- how happy, how good is the relationship between John Wall and the Wizards? And is there any reason to think like maybe he comes back a week or so before the playoffs start and the Wizards just have like one of these awful first round matchups against the Bucks or some somebody who's been beating sure. them all year and the Wizards end up not making it on that first round of the playoffs, do you think that Wall would demand a trade, or would he just realize, like, hey, I've been injured a lot of this year, like, I, I realized that, like, I wasn't healthy, we'll give it a go next year? Sure, yeah, I don't think, I don't think um, demanding a, tra- a trade is in the books necessarily um, for Wall. I, well, one, he can't, he's not eligible to be traded until um, July, so, like, okay. that makes it really tough. For the uh, for the Wizards, even if he did demand a trade to find a um, a trade partner for him, because at, at that point the draft will be over and free agency will be a thing, and um, you know it, it'll it'll be interesting um, you know once those chips fall and everyone decide wherever they're gonna go, um, see if anybody missed out on a superstar and then they want to make calls on Wall, but I'm not sure the Wizards at this point are inclined to um, to make a move with him. Uh, at at this point, anyway, but um, you know, I I think uh, you know, with the, the scenario you just laid out with um, Wall coming back a couple weeks, maybe a week before the playoffs, and um, and the Wizards kind of getting bounced out in the first round by like the Bucks or something, like that's definitely a thing that could for sure happen. And I think if that does happen, then um, I'm not sure we'll see a trade or a, a trade request from John Wall, but I, I do think we'll see a. Um, a pretty big shakeup of the roster and maybe even the um, the front office at this point. Um, but you know, it it it, it remains to be seen. Like that, that's that's like that's way too far down the line for me to uh, to speculate about it. I guess at this mm-hmm. point. And just but, to re- um, recap, yeah. like in terms of Wall's morale, you think just winning games would be what would make him happiest right now for the next month or so until he gets back. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I, I think, uh, you know, winning kind of makes everything go away if the team is good. But, um, I don't know, once they start winning, everyone's saying, okay, we don't need John Wall anymore. Well, I, yeah, that's that's actually a really good point. And, and Wall was, was clearly upset from that. But I, I also think that, um, and, and that's kind of on Wall, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, that's something that, that he kind of needs to figure out and the team just needs to talk about that I guess um, because like at that point you know, you're, you're the best player on the team um, you're the team leader it, it, it's actually a good thing that they're winning without you mm-hmm. you know and it, it, it shows that the team actually has some solid rotation pieces that, that can do well good, do good things without you and, and it's so 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 different from the past where you know John Wall's out it's, it's a, a schedule loss right like right. We, we've even seen that at, at some point this year. So, like that—that that is that should be growth that is encouraged, I think, and not and not necessarily discouraged. And and I also think, um, you know, the, just the narrative that they're better with without Wall. Um, that particularly was interesting because it came on the heels of that whole JJ Barea thing, where, mm-hmm. um, you know, the people are like your teammates don't like you, and then John Wall is talking about. Um, you know the the team meeting that didn't go so well. So like that's that's kind of a um, 
It, it sounds to me like that that's a John Wall thing and, and something that John Wall has to deal with um, along with the team, his teammates. But, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that it's a, it's a bad thing. That, like, if the Wizards are winning without John Wall, that's a really good thing. Because when, yeah. when it comes back, they should be even better. So I don't want to harp on this too much because it's kind of old news. But, like, wh- whatever Gortat tweets, no big deal. He's, he's kind of taking fights with everybody and he's never really going to be happy anymore. But between him and Brad Beal, I feel like the media is driving a lot of, like, the, the kind of ill will and controversies and hard feelings between them. Did you think anything of the everybody eats quote from Peyton Full? Do you think it's it's kind of taking a shot at him? Or is it just saying, we're playing well, we're moving the ball, we're getting 30 assists a game, everybody eats? Is, is it is it necessarily, is it a criticism? Do you think Wall overreacted? Yeah, I, I, did, I actually do think that Wall overreacted there. Like, I didn't I didn't read anything into um, into Bradley Beal's quote particularly because, I mean, like, I, I honestly thought that that was a pretty cool thing. I'm recognizing that it was from Peyton Poole and that was, um, that was something that, uh, I mean, it's just a cool phrase to have, right? And that's something that the Wizards needed to do with their best player out. Like, they had, they, I, it, it felt to me like they realized that they had to do something different and they kind of got a reality check there. And um, and realized that they needed to play a, a different way. Now Gortat's tweet was that that was a bit interesting to me because putting putting team in, in quotations after Wall is out after the team just announced that uh, that he was going to have uh, this surgery. Like I I imagine that Wall is probably in a really emotional place because he he takes a lot of pride in actually playing mm-hmm. um, playing games and being healthy. So like I, I think um, you know Wall took it took it some type of way, obviously. But I also think it's probably partly because he literally is just getting out of surgery and sees this tweet. Somebody probably brought it up to him, and he was just like, "Oh no, well this is this is I'm I'm going at him." Like you know what I mean? So so I don't know. And, and that that like I I'm clearly I'm not in the room, so I that's not coming from any particular source or any uh, any particular player, but. I don't no, think he thinks too much of it, though. Gortat's, you know, he he gets a lot of screen assists. He's still a starter for his own ego, but he's not that important a member of the Wizards anymore, so I don't think that Wall really cares. I mean, hopefully he'll still move the ball and use his, his pick and rolls and get him easy buckets and all that, so it, do, it won't... I'm sure it won't, like, pan out on the court. I don't know what will happen behind the scenes, but I just don't think that any beef between them is, is that important because Gortat's role is very diminished on the team. He doesn't play a lot of fourth quarters anymore. But, yeah, they work together fine. Yeah, so thanks so much for all your time. One more question before you go. Do you think the Wizards are going to beat the Knicks uh, to end this two-game losing streak on Wednesday? Oh, yeah, most definitely. All right, that's <laughs> cool. Well, it's been a pleasure. I wish this could have gone a little bit faster, but it just shows you know how how good of a conversation we had and how much you enjoyed being on this podcast and expressing yourself, Michael. I appreciate this. <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. Thanks, thanks for having me, though. I appreciate it. Cool. You. No problem. Uh, tomorrow night, it'll be Arthur Renault and Dustin Allwood hosting the Locked On Wizards podcast. Uh, it's Monday night now, and that's coming out Tuesday night. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time on the Locked On Wizards podcast. Take it easy. You know ain't nothing changed but my limp Can't stop till I see my name on a blimp Guarantee a million cells full of love luck You don't believe in Harlem world, double up We don't play around, it's a bet, lay it down Cause they didn't know me 91, bet they know me now I'm the young Harlem with the Goldie sound Can't no PD, hold me down Cuda, school me to the game, now I know my duty Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie True pimp, spin no dough on the booty When you yell, there go mace, there go your cutie
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.